Welcome to Life City. This podcast was created to celebrate what God is doing in Weatherford, Texas. Our vision is to reach the hungry, the hurting, and the hopeless. God has given us our heading. Join us today as we listen to the Word, and we pray that God speaks to you in this message. Amen. I'm glad that you're here today. Amen. Glad to see you. And um, so uh, today, Ben woke up this morning, and uh, when I woke up, yeah, it's a good thing. It's the first thing. When I woke up, I had this idea. Oh, J. Crew can be dismissed. That's right. I forgot. I announced it, and then I forgot. <clears throat> That's what happens when you uh, gain wisdom. Like how I did that? Hallelujah. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, Woke up and had the understanding of what I was going to preach. And um, uh, on my way at the church this morning, the Lord changed it. And so here we go. Uh, (laughs) Romans chapter 12. Verse 1, we're going to talk about made to worship. Um, Made to worship. Romans 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the... Oh, I'm sorry. Stand with me real quick. I know you just got settled, but let's stand for the reading of the word. I apologize. Um, All right. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your life. Submission. Everyone say submission. Submission. Amen. Holy. Everyone say holy. Holy. Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's what is expected. Amen. It's what he expects. Amen. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God. The will of God for your life is perfect. Now, the difference is sometimes we don't always walk perfectly in His will. (laughs) Sometimes we get sidetracked. Amen. We chase squirrels. Amen. Like Dodger and my entire family did yesterday. Um, London shot a squirrel out of the tree. Uh, Didn't die if you're uh, an animal activist. I apologize. Um, we can, we can pro- provide some counseling for you. No, I'm just playing. That's, that's ugly. I'm sorry. Um, sometimes we get off track, just like I did right there. Yeah. Sometimes we get off track of his perfect will. Amen. But there is a perfect will for your life. There's, there's an exact blueprint for what God wants to do in you and through. No matter what you hear from the enemy, no matter what others say, no matter what you tell yourself, there is a perfect will of God and it begins with worship. That's where it starts. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We give you honor today. We thank you, Lord, for what we feel in this place. And I ask you to just continue to work, continue to move in this place. 
through your word, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated for good now, well, for the next 30 minutes, amen. I am glad that my wife made it home. <laughs> That's a good thing, yeah, and uh, I, uh, they uh, tried to keep her, the weather got in the way, they tried to keep her in D.C., and, uh, and, and uh, I was able to get my wife and my mom home. The girls were panicked that they would not see their mama or granny ever again. Um, and, uh, so We don't like disturbances in our schedules, do we? They irritate us. They frustrate us. They do all kinds of stuff, cause us to panic. Amen. But uh, I'm glad that they made it home and are here today. Um, so what is worship? Worship is a moment of honest reflection. That's what worship is. Worship is an, is, is an honest reflection when you and I recognize who and what we are and are not. Okay? And who God is. That's what worship is. And it comes in all different shapes and sizes. It it comes in every facet. And once we realize, and it's not just a realization, it's a recogni recognizing who and what is, and then responding to that. That's what worship is. And so if you thought worship was this or this, well, it's part of it. It's not the totality of it. Okay? And I would say it's a small part of it. Amen. Amen. If you can, I think we went a little bit high with that mic. Isaiah, if you'll bump it down just a hair. I feel like it's on the verge of raining. In his letter to the church at Rome, after providing a, a, a thorough outline of the human condition, uh, talking about the character of Jesus, uh, the nature of salvation, and how God's grace works in, in Romans chapter 1 through verse 11, we find in verse 12 where he begins to talk to us about presenting your bodies to God. This appeal, and what this appeal does, it points to what? We find in verse 2, it points to transformation. Amen. How many of you have had your life transformed by God? Amen. Amen. How many of you in a very big way? Amen. There are some great testimonies in this place. Because worship is transformational, and it sets those in pursuit of Jesus apart from the world. Amen? I can't worship Him and love the world. I can't worship Him and have um, any amount of love and desire for the things of the world. Those two things do not go hand in hand. They do not walk in parallel with each other. I am either worshiping Him or I am living after the world. Amen. And, and so, if you've ever thought and the enemy tries to trick people and trick us into thinking you can dabble in this and, and you know, that worship is some kind of buffet, a little bit of that and a little bit of this, but I'll leave that there. 
You know, it's not Luby's, thank God. Uh, we'd all be sick. I said that because my wife loves Luby's, um, and I refuse to eat at 3 o'clock in the afternoon for dinner. Um, when, uh, even though I'm 40-something, <clears throat> uh, I'm the youngest by about 30 years, <laughs> typically. Yeah. yeah, typically. We drive in, and the girls, like, my wife always points out where there's a Luby's. I always proclaim that they've closed. They've shut down. They've went bankrupt. Um, <laughs> my girl's like, what's Luby's? I'm like, thanks, school cafeteria. And <laughs> I've got to testify. Amen. Amen. But the thing about worship is also this. Worship is sacrificial. Worship is sacrificial. It's not something done merely for our enjoyment. Worship is the recognition of who God is, and it's the recognition of our condition and his authority. That's what worship is. Solomon wrote in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, he says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. In verse 7 he said, Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. Those things are intertwined. Those things work in harmony with each other. I can't I can't have him directing my path. I can't have mine eyes upon him and fearing the Lord if I'm not departing from evil. So what helps me depart from evil is when I acknowledge him through praise and worship in every area of my life with every facet of my life. And a part of that is sacrificing things to him. And it begins with what Paul wrote in Romans 12, 1. He says, I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies. The first sacrifice that God desires is your heart and your mind and your life. Amen. And so that's where worship begins. Worship is not just a song on a Sunday. It's not just a, a, a hand clap of praise. That's, that's a part of it. But it begins in the heart. It begins in the mind. It starts in the very center of our life, of our soul. That's where worship is. That's where worship is right. It's powerful. When it's wrong, it's idolatry. Amen. And so, in the Old Testament... When we look through it, the actions that took place within the tabernacle was worship. Okay? Now we tend to focus on the tabernacle and the Holy of Holies, what took place in, in, in the, behind the veil. And, and we talk about, and I do too, what David said in, in Psalms where he said, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And that's great, and we love that, and I love that, and that's awesome. But worship doesn't start by entering in. Worship doesn't stop after you come into his gate. It doesn't stop by entering into his courts because we look at the tabernacle and we see the, 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 thing, the biggest thing in the outer court was the altar of sacrifice. Well, guess what? Worship, true worship, continues at an altar of sacrifice. 
Amen. In my worship, if I'm not willing to allow sky in me, it diminishes the power that God can work through my worship. Amen. The actions of the outer court were just as much a part of worship as the holy place and the holy of holies that all work together. What you are willing to let die at the altar is just as much a part of worship as the dance. Amen? Why do you think Paul said, I die daily? Amen. It wasn't just a submission part. It wasn't just a fleshly part. It was a part of Paul's daily worship. I've got to die to some things so I can properly pursue him because there are going to be things that get in the way. There are going to be things that interfere. And so what you're willing to die to will open the door of what you're going to live for. We love the story of Jericho, right? And I had somebody share this with me. They, they saw it, read it, heard it, something. And I thought it was pretty interesting, this thought. It says, they walked around Jericho for seven days and shouted for one day. But today we shout for seven days and only walk with God for one day. No wonder no walls come down. It's our walk with God that brings power to the shout. Amen. Worship is not just what we do on Sunday. I know we call it a worship service. I get it, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if this is the only time that you entertain His presence with the overflow of your heart and the overflow of your life, amen. then do you really have a walk? Do you really have... And, and so... And, it's no wonder that you're fighting the things you're fighting. It's no wonder that you're up against the wall that you may feel like you're up against because we must worship Him in our daily life. The power of your worship is fueled by your cross and your altar, not just a Sunday praise. Amen. If you do not have a cross in your daily worship, if you do not have an altar to sacrifice some things in your life, to kill some things in your life, because every single day there are things, it's like a snowball rolling downhill. It collects a lot of stuff. Man, worship engages His cleansing power. How, do, how are we holy? Because He is holy. And I'm, when I'm in pursuit of Him, I can operate in His holiness. I can walk in His holiness. He's powerful. And when I'm in pursuit of Him, I can walk in His power and His authority. Apart from Him, I have no authority. Apart from Him, I have no dominion. It is only in my pursuit of Him and my worship of Him. And that's why worship is so vital and it's so important. And, and we see this in, in, in Mark chapter 10. And it's the story of the rich young ruler. And, and, and so verse 17 says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came this guy running. And he kneeled to him and he asked him, Do to inherit eternal life. 
And Jesus told him, he says, why do you call me good? There is none good but one, that is God. He says, thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. I've done everything that I am supposed to do. In Jesus beholding him, <laughs> this is the deal, that phrase, Jesus beholding him, Jesus saw right through it. And he sees the deepest part of your life today. The part that you want to keep hidden from all of us. And some of those parts, we don't need to see. <laughs> but the Lord, the Lord sees them. He's beholding you today. But not just beholding you, he's loving you. Jesus, the scripture says, and Jesus beholding him loved him and said, one thing you lack. Kill the thing you love the most and come after me. Kill the thing. Let the thing that you desire the most, let the thing that you're attached to the most die and come after me. Go and sell all that thy have, whatsoever you have, give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come, take up your cross and follow me. And that was not what this man wanted to hear. Why? Because he wanted to do all of the right. He just didn't want to pursue Jesus. He was in love with his own life and all of its attachments more than he was the idea of pursuing a life of worship and servanthood to the Master. Amen. And this life will add so much to your life. It'll tack on everything and every weight and something that looks okay and it's not necessarily a sin can add weight if you're not careful. Amen. And there's going to come a point where the Lord's going to ask you in your pursuit of Him what you love more. What do you love more? Do you love the attachments of life more than you love your pursuit of Him? Because that's what worship is. What are you pursuing? What you are pursuing becomes the affection of your worship. This young man's affections were stronger for the attachment of his life than it was the pursuit of Jesus. I can't be all about him if I'm full of me. I have to die if I want to live. And I know it sounds crazy. And if you'd never read Scripture, you would think, okay, weirdo. But Jesus said, he that is dead 
is alive. Amen. Amen. Why? It's all about my heart of worship. It's all about understanding what I am called to do. Worship must be involved in the process and it must have a cross in it so that some things in your life and my life can die. We must be willing to sacrifice some things for our pursuit for Him. Amen. You want to walk in that power and authority? There's going to come a moment if you're walking after Him that He asks you to lay something down. Amen. I've never met one person in my life that is in true pursuit of Jesus Christ that He hasn't asked them to lay something down. And in that moment... There is a paradigm shift. How you respond. Do you have to be perfect? No. But I invite you to put something on the cross, to lay something on the altar. How you respond to that can determine the power and authority, the understanding, the knowledge, the wisdom, the peace, all of it that you walk in, that you experience, that you feel what God does in you and what God does through you is how you respond in that moment. Worship must involve me killing some things that are not pleasing to the God that is the pursuit of my worship. Amen. Oh, we want to be in His presence. To get there, we've got to go past the altar of sacrifice. I can't enter into His presence until I've dealt with some things in my life. Amen. There's, there's a process. Amen. And we don't do it in the physical. Thank the Lord. Some of you don't have a sheep or a goat. So you, you'd be bringing Fido. You know? I'd be bringing Bo. He's a bad dog. Dodger, he stays. He's just got a good name. Amen. Amen. We love the presence of God, right? We love, we love to be in His presence. Amen. But a life in pursuit of Him will always cost you something. Amen. It will always cost you something. And the level that you're willing to sacrifice may very well determine the level you're willing, you're able to walk in. So I want to ask you this. What has God spoken to you in times past, recently, in, in the distance? What has God spoken to you that you have yet to respond with obedience? What has God required of you that you've negotiated on? We're good at negotiations, right? God says, hey, I want you to do that. Well, okay, how about we, okay, let's look at this. We can do it your way or we can meet in the middle. Let's meet in the middle, Lord, you know. Let's not do it fully your way. We won't do it fully my way. I'll submit and, and you give a little grace. We love using that word grace when it benefits us, Right? Give a little grace, I'll give a little, you give a little, we'll meet in the middle, we're good to go. 
Worship. Worship. What are you willing to put on a cross, willing to put on the altar in order to worship Him? Amen. Only you can answer that. Because the absence of a cross, the absence of an altar in your worship will diminish the effectiveness that how God can work in you and through you. The power of worship is displayed when Jesus was tempted by the devil. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, as my wife comes. Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. says, And Jesus says unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. Tells him, Get behind me. He says, For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. And him only shalt thou worship. So he makes this statement. Get behind me. There's only one that deserves the honor and the glory of being worshipped. And then in verse 11, we see the response to that. Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. What happens is Jesus sets a precedent that the pursuit of your worship can hold at bay the adversary of your soul. It also releases ministering angels of heaven to come to your aid. That's the power of true worship. That's the power of seeking Him in every facet of your life. You know what repentance is? Repentance is a part of worship. It's me laying down my life. It's me being willing to let the old things die so that He can do something new in me. That's what repentance is. The world is putting distance between me and the world so that I can grow closer to Him. And the closer you get to Him, the more things of the world will be or should be distasteful. In His presence, as you draw close to Him, it changes the affections of your life. What truly matters? The people you hang around the places you go, activities of life, everything changes when we're drawing closer to Him. Why? Because He is holy. And the closer I get to holy, the more the impurities of this world reveal themselves. I have this choice to make. What am I attached to more? His holiness or the world? Because I can't have both. I can't hold on to this and hold on to that. I must choose. You must choose today.
I've watched as people have going through the process of giving their life to the Lord because it's more than just a moment, a one-time one deal. I gave my life to the Lord. Here we go. You know, that's great. That's, that's the start. But there's a journey. There's a process. It's a life. It's a walk. It's daily. It's not a one-time event. Amen. The baptism of His Spirit is not a one-time event. It's not a one, one thing. It's, it's a well springing up for eternal life. It's, it's something that happens over and over and over again. The cross and the altar is not a one-time event. We see that through Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. But I've watched people as they begin to pursue God and they pursue what He has and they feel, they love what they feel and they love what's happening. And then there comes this moment of decision, a defining moment in their walk. where they feel the tug of the old things and they feel the drawl of the new. Watched as everyone has made the decision to disconnect from the old and reach for the new. But I've watched people be lured back by the tug of the old life. And it breaks my heart. And so when we talk about worship, I think in, in, in the church world today, it's so easy to just associate that with a musical instrument or with a song or with hands raised or clapping our hands. And, and again, that's part of it, but that's more praise than it is is even worship because worship becomes a lifestyle. Worship is something that I do on a daily basis. It's, it's the bond of my relationship with Him. That's what worship is. And it determines... It, well, let me say it this way. It is determined by how much I'm willing to separate from the attachments of life in this world as to what I'm willing or able to walk in. The effects of worship should be experienced in the minute details of your life. So if that's not happening, there's an altar today. If there are some things in your life that need to die, there's an altar today to sacrifice those things. Amen. Because it's going to take that to walk in that true worship that we were made to do we were created to do. He told the woman at the well, the Father seeks such to worship Him. And you reread throughout the Old Testament when things would happen. These Old Testament men and, and women, they, they would build altars and they would begin to worship. Worship took place at an altar more than it took place anywhere else throughout the Old Testament. It was this place of 
of, 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 of gratitude. It was this place of thankfulness. It was this place of understanding that my life is His and I give it all to Him and everything that's in it, I give to Him. I give my life to Him. Would you stand with me? if you'd just close your eyes this morning I feel a drawing of the Holy Ghost in this place today and I don't know what your background or experience is with the moving or the freedom or liberty of the Holy Spirit but I want you to know that it's there's safety in it, there's peace in it there's joy in it Amen and I believe every one of you you wouldn't be here if you didn't have a heartbeat after God, if you didn't desire to be closer to Him, to know Him more. But I feel like I need to ask this, what are you willing to place on the altar today? In your life of worship to Him, your life pursuing Him, what are you willing to lay on the altar today? What is there in your life that needs to be sacrificed? I can't answer that for you. Only you can. But all I can do, and now what I will do, is I will make an invitation today my wife begins to sing to give you an opportunity small representation of an altar up here at the front of this building to lay some things down some habits some addictions some thoughts some fear doubts hurts wounds got any of those things and they're holding you back I invite you to come today thank you so much for being with us today we hope you were blessed in some way by the message to learn more about us, check out www.mylifecitychurch.org or you can contact us at info at Thank you once again for joining us and we hope you have a great week.